Bibles to Genesis chapter 8, please. And tuck of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and offer burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. <clears throat> for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. I want to talk to you on the, the four seasons in the life of a, uh, of a Christian. Uh, how many have heard the saying, before the Lord comes, you won't be able to tell winter from summer? And uh, how many has heard that saying? Okay, most of you. And uh, I'm not going to ask you how many, how many of you believe it's in the Bible. Uh, it is not in the Bible. And I had a fellow tell me that uh, he had read it, <clears throat> and uh, he knew it was there. I said, well, as soon as you find it, you, uh, you let me know. Uh, in fact, the earth says the opposite. This verse, the reason I said it's not what I'm preaching on, but uh, this verse, verse 22, uh, while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So, you know, if, if that uh, supposed scripture was in the Bible, it would certainly be a contradiction against this scripture. And there are no contradictions in the Bible, and, and furthermore, that, that uh, saying is just, just what it is. It's just an old saying. They used to call them chimney corner scriptures, you know. And people sat around chewing their tobacco and dipping their snuff and spitting in the fireplace. They came up with these things. But, uh, you know, I... It never ceases when it, like in the wintertime, when you'll have a, a warm spell. You know, people say, you know, the Lord must soon be coming because just like the Bible says, you don't be able to tell summer from winter. And here it is. It feels just like summer here in the middle of wintertime. And that's, uh, you know, I hear, the, I've heard that plenty of times. Well, anyway, uh, this verse puts that to rest. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 and 2 said, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. He said to everything there is a season. Uh, what he's saying here in verse 22 is the promise of God after the flood has destroyed civilization except the eight people in the ark and the animals that were in the ark, everything that was breathing died. Uh, and uh, God makes a covenant with, uh, with Noah here. Noah uh, offers a sacrifice, and it pleases the Lord. By the way, that's why they took seven of certain animals on the ark, seven of the clean animals, because God knew there would be a need to make a sacrifice. And in verse 22, he promises that the four seasons will not cease as long as the earth remaineth. And the last time I checked, we're still here, or the earth was still here. Now, I believe that these four seasons uh, represent uh, uh, four seasons in uh, the life, in our life. And the first is we'd like to look at is the spring, which is uh, my favorite time of the year, and it's the time of the year that we are in right now. In Isaiah chapter 61, 
There's about three verses I want to read. If you'd like to turn there, it's page 766 in your Schofield Bible. In Isaiah 61 and verse number 9, he's speaking here to Israel. <clears throat> and verse 9 said, And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, that they are of the seed which the Lord hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with, jewel, with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth <coughs> before all the nations. Now we see here a comparison made between the planting of the seed in the ground and the bursting forth of the buds and the flowers and the new life uh, in the springtime is a wonderful picture of the salvation of God. Verse 10 says, He clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's covered me with a robe of righteousness. What a blessed verse and what a blessed truth that that really is. Now in Job 38, 27, he says he sends the rain there to satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. So uh, conditions have to be right for growth, for uh, the bringing forth of life. Uh, Brother uh, uh, Payne was teaching on this in Sunday school. Uh, today about uh, being rooted in, in Christ and uh, how the, the seed is sown in the ground. It must be planted in the ground. There must be enough warmth and, and rain, moisture to cause things to, to bring forth. And this is where it all begins. Now in Luke 8, 11, he gives the parable of the sower and the seed and, and how the sower uh, sows the seed and some of it uh, falls by the wayside and the, the fowls devour it and some falls among or on the rocky ground. It, it comes up quickly because of the added warrant, but it withers quickly and, and uh, then some among the thorns and some on the good ground. And the Lord interprets that parable and he said the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Do you know I was thinking about that? Uh, that... Uh, uh, that God put, puts the seed in our heart. Uh, God puts salvation in us. And he does that through the word of God. That's the instrument that God uses to, to clothe us with salvation and with the robe of righteousness. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, not, uh, uh, it's not us really uh, you know, we, we think of salvation as, uh, uh, as something that has to do with us, and salvation really is God coming inside of us to live. It's, it's the seed of the Word of God uh, being planted in our heart. In 1 Peter 1, 23, it says, Being born again, 
not of crutchable seed, but of incrutchable, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So it's, it's the planning of, of the word of God that brings forth a, a new life and brings forth salvation. Uh, you know, you'll never, uh, you'll never have, uh, have any garden if you don't plant some seed. You've got to cultivate the soil. You've got to, to put the seed in the ground. And there's where it all begins. And I believe the springtime is the time that we do that. Uh, the Jewish, in fact, the Jewish New Year began in the spring. Began in a we start in January in the middle of wintertime. But uh, the, the Jewish calendar begins in the springtime. I think that's uh, probably more, uh, more accurate than the way we do it. And again, it, 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 I believe it portrays uh, the time of salvation. There's the beginning. There's the planting of the seed. There is where it all begins. And then, second of all, there's the summertime. Summer follows the spring. Now, I don't particularly like the summertime. We, you know, we're kind of hard to please, aren't we? We don't want it too hot, and we don't want it too cold, and we don't want it raining, and we don't want the sun shining. I don't know what we want, really. You know, we complain regardless. But uh, I love the spring because uh, one reason, the, the temperature is, is more to my liking uh, than in the summertime it gets, gets hot. But, but the heat is necessary uh, for the right kind of growth. And so... The spring represents our salvation. And the summertime pictures their spiritual growth. You know, I've learned something. Beans in particular. You can plant beans real early while, uh, while the nights are kind of cool. And they'll come up if there's enough heat of the, during the day. The beans will come up, but they'll just kind of stand there. They won't grow a lot until it gets warmer. And when it gets uh, good and stay, kind of stays warmer at night and uh, in the daytime, you'll find that, uh, that they grow. In fact, I've planted beans and, and plant some two or three weeks later, and those I've planted later, they come on and catch up with the first ones. So the heat and all is necessary for summer, for our spiritual growth. In Psalm 74, 17, Thy set all the borders of the earth, Thy hast made summer and winter. Now, God established the seasons and he, he made a promise that as long as the earth remains that those seasons will continue. Now in 1 Peter 2, verse 2 and 3, he said, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So the same, the same Word of God, the same seed that is planted in our heart that brings us to salvation is the same seed that is necessary for spiritual growth. You know, if the, the Word of God brings us to Christ and the Word of God uh, helps us to grow in Christ. So uh, he said as newborn babes uh, desire uh, the sincere uh, milk of the word, like this little newborn of the banners there. Uh, you know, that little boy is growing. <laughs> and that's normal. But you know, if he's going to grow, he's got to eat. 
And they'd probably tell you he wants to eat all the time, you know, if he's like most babies. Uh, he wants to eat while you want to sleep. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, spiritual growth. We, you know, if we was desirous, that little fellow about, uh, about eating, is, if we was that desirous about spiritual things, uh, it'd be good, wouldn't it? Uh, we'd be growing more. But we're not, uh, uh, you know, don't have the appetite. The Bible said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What do we hunger after? You can tell what a person's hungry for. It's what they talk about. Uh, what do you, what's the uh, conversation? I heard, a, uh, I heard a preacher preaching, and he was talking about the conversation that goes on around church. How many people come in talking about the goodness of God and talk about what maybe they learned from the Word of God this past week? You know, I was reading the Bible, and I want to tell you what God showed me. Uh, I want to tell you what a blessing it was in my life. But we talk about our hunting and our fishing and our uh, get ball games, and, uh, you know, there's a place for the, that kind of conversation. But uh, sometimes we're more interested, the point I'm making is that we're more interested in those things than we are the things of God. And really, that's where our thoughts have been, that's where our minds have been, that's where uh, our treasure sometimes is, if we're not careful. And so, uh, we need to grow. And he said, we need to desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. And then Hebrews talks about we need to get off of the milk and get on to some, some solid food then. You can't live on milk all your life. Uh, milk is good for a baby, but then they graduate. That's the reason God give us teeth, you know. When the teeth start coming, that says to mom and dad, you know, give me something a little more solid. Uh, so, uh, the, the spiritual growth. Now, uh, in, the, in Psalms, he talks about this. In Psalm 1, a very... Uh, for me, or Scripture. Uh, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Notice the two things. The law of the Lord, and then planted by the water. Water is a picture of the Holy Spirit. As Billy Mitchell said, if you have all word and no spirit, you dry up. And if you have all spirit and no word, you blow up. And if you have the spirit and the word, then you grow up. I like that. We've been studying, uh, the kids have been learning this month of June, the uh, scripture in Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, where he talks about blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God, and so forth. And uh, the word blessed has to do with happiness. You want to be happy? Everybody's seeking how to be happy, how to have fun, how to enjoy life. Well, Matthew 5 tells you, and by the way, that, that will prevail during the millennial reign of Christ when Christ reigns as king. And the way to happiness, Psalm there said, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You want to be happy? God says that's the way to be happy. Uh, and uh, 
So uh, we need those things. Now in Proverbs 6 and verse 80, he gives us the example of the ant. And he said, The ant provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. In Proverbs 10 verse 5, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that calls us shame. Now we need to be alert. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. In Matthew 13, the Lord gave another parable of, the, of sowing, and he talks about the wheat and the tares. And in Matthew 13, 25, he says, But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now, you know, there's something else about gardening. I mean, it isn't enough just to plant the, uh, uh, the uh, seed in the ground. I mean, the, the, uh, the season can be just right. Just enough rain. Uh, you know, my garden is down kind of low. And uh, if it rains a lot, my garden don't do very good. Uh, and if it tends toward the dry side, it really does a little better. But uh, anyway, you can have all the conditions right, but there's another thing necessary, and that you've got to keep the weeds up. Uh, I mean, it involves some cultivation. It involves some weeding. I have a problem after it starts getting warmer with grass, crabgrass. And I'll tell you, that stuff is hard to deal with. It's hard to get rid of. And it'll just take over. If you don't do some cultivation, do some weeding, do some hoeing, then the weeds will take over the garden. And I'm not too fond of crabgrass salad yet. Uh, so uh, you have to spend some time. And the Lord tells us here, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares. What was the problem? The enemy was the devil. What was the problem? The farmer's asleep when he ought to have been out there getting the weeds out. While he slept, the enemy came in and sowed the tares, and it grows up, and they realize when it gets to a certain stage that it's not really wheat, but it's counterfeit wheat. It's tares. And he goes on and talks about that parable. So, the springtime is a time to uh, have the Word of God planted in us. And then the summertime is a time for that to grow and mature. And we ought to be growing in the Lord. And you can't grow without the Word of God. And you can't grow without the Holy Spirit of God. It takes both. You know, the Word of God is just a book of words without the Holy Spirit. The Bible said, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The latter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And so, uh, so it takes both together to bring about the, uh, the product that God's looking for. And then there's the fall time. And the fall is the harvest. Now, if there was no harvest... You know, the best thing I enjoy about gardening is eating it. 
And you can probably, you know, I probably, if you counted my time, uh, you know, anything, and I'd be better off just to go buy the food that I raised. But it don't taste the same, does it? I don't think it does. As fresh as they are. I mean, you, get, you go get uh, uh, Roshanaires. You know what Roshanaires are? Yeah, you country folks. You go get those out of the store. Man, they don't have any taste. It tastes like cardboard. Uh, they're just not the same. Uh, my sister that uh, passed away after her death, my, my, aunt, my couple of my aunts, they had, uh, we'd went to, met at the funeral home the day she was buried, and uh, uh, we went by, back by the house there for lunch, and they had prepared a meal, and they had some corn prepared there, and uh, uh, my niece, uh, my sister's daughter there, she said, you know, this corn tastes just like my mama's. Nine said, that's because it, it is your mama's. <laughs> she had to open the freezer and got a couple of packs and, and fixed it. And you know, nobody, in that community, nobody could fix corn that tasted like hers. She, tells, she told us how to put it up, how to fix it, put it up that way, fix it that way, and it still don't taste the same. I don't know why. <laughs> But eating the, eating the food is the best part of all, isn't it? And so the Lord, the Lord plants the Word of God in our heart and then it grows and matures and then you go out and gather it and eat it. And that's what God wants in our life. Now in Matthew 9, he talks about this in Matthew chapter 9 and, and verse 36. The Bible said when he saw the multitudes, he was Move with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest uh, truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. He will send forth labors into his harvest. The Lord said the harvest is ready. He's talking about uh, the harvesting of souls here. Not many labors though. Then in John chapter 4, he talks about this again. In John chapter 4 and uh, verse 35 and 36, he said, Say not you, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are wild already to harvest. He that reapeth, receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Now he's had the dealing cheer with the Samaritan woman. The woman goes and verse 29 said, Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? The disciples had gone away to the city to buy meat. And the Lord is telling there's something more important than that. And that's the harvest in the lost souls. And he said, Now the harvest is white. In Matthew he said the harvest is plenteous. That there's a good harvest. There's plenty. Go out and do the harvesting. And in John, he said, the harvest is white. Now, when it gets to that stage, it's, it's got to be harvest. I mean, it's, it's going to rot if you don't get it in. It's beyond the stage of golden and, and uh, brown and, and uh, ready for the good harvest. The labors are few. The Lord says souls are perishing, not many people interested. 
Now in Galatians 6, verse 7, he says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And verse 9, my favorite verse, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. If we faint not. You know, if I plant the seed, and then I get lazy and go to sleep, I don't get much of a harvest to it. I've got to be faithful. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't quit. There's a harvest to reap. So the fall time, the reaping of the harvest that has been sown, and uh, you know there's, I think, the saddest verse in the entire Word of God. Jeremiah eight twenty said, The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. What a tragedy. Think of that. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. Now, here's the picture. Springtime has come. The time of the sowing of the fields. And the summertime has come with the warmth of the sun and the rain and the, the, uh, the cultivation and all the necessary and now the harvest time has come and they, they are out harvesting the, the fields and, and uh, the grain is being brought in and the grapes are being gathered and the figs are being gathered and the harvest is being laid up. And it says here the harvest is past. The summer is ended and we're not saved. And my dear friends, today that's the cry of multiplied millions of people around the world. One of these days, the harvest is going to be over and they're going to be lost forever. Now that ought to challenge us. There is a time. And so the winter time comes on and that's too late to plant. Someone gets, you know, they get, get an idea about... Uh, October, you know, I like to have a garden. So they go out and plow up the garden. And, you know, they put in their potatoes and their beans and their corn. And it comes up about the 1st of November. I'm going to have me a garden. I don't think so. Oh, it'll come up. The frost will get it before it ever gets started. There's the winter time. The winter comes on. The Bible said in John 10, 22, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. wonder why the Holy Spirit put that in there. It was winter. The Lord had just got through giving the message on uh, the good shepherd there in the first part of John, chapter 10. And he makes this statement that uh, it was winter. If you study that chapter, the, in verse 31, they take up stones to stone Christ. It was winter time, and it wouldn't be long till they had nailed him to a cross. You know, there's winter time in everybody's life. 
I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I want, you, I want to illustrate this in, this in these verses. 2 Timothy chapter 4. last part of the chapter in verse 21 Paul is in prison and in verse 21 he says that this page 1282 if you're still trying to find it second Timothy chapter 4 verse 21 do thy diligence to come before winter it's talking here send a message to Timothy Timothy try hard come before winter if you can now Paul realizes that he's uh, on his way to glory. Verse 6 and 7 of this chapter, he said, I'm now ready to be offered the time my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith of finishing my course and so forth. He said, I'm going home. Now here he's in prison. Verse 9, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. And verse 10, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Verse 14, he said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. And then in verse uh, 16, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Now this is, it was winter time. It was winter time for more reasons than one. Paul is in prison. I haven't been to Rome. Some, when they go to Israel, they go by Rome and they're able to visit uh, the area and the, the dungeon where Paul was kept. He was, it was in the lower area. I'm Friends have turned their back on him. Demas hath forsaken him. Alexander did him much evil. And verse 16, he said, All men forsook me. And here he is alone. They didn't understand him. But by, I like verse 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. You know, if there's no other reason to know the Lord than that, that right there is it. There's a whole lot more reasons. <laughs> but he said, uh, uh, everybody forsook me. Nobody, uh, no, at, at my first sanctuary, no man stood with me. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I think Paul had him a spell there. <laughs> it kind of sounds like it, don't it? In the prison. He said, the Lord is with me. And there may come a time in your life, my friend, You'll not be alone, but you'll think you're alone. And nobody may not understand you, understand why, uh, you know, why you stand like you stand. And I think there's coming a time when old-time preaching like I believe in and stand for is going to become less and less and less popular. You know what the Bible teaches that the last days will be like? Paul writes to Timothy in this same book, and he said, They'll heat to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they'll turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. Tell me a fairy tale. I don't want to hear the truth. 
And so Paul is here, and uh, uh, he said, The Lord stood with me. And then in verse 13, he says, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Now this describes the condition. It's wintertime, or winter's approaching. And uh, he says, it's cold here. Would you bring me the cloak? And bring the books and bring the parchments. This shows where his interest was. But there's going to be a winter time. Then I want to close. I want you to turn to the Song of Solomon. Right after Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, right after Proverbs. The Song of Solomon, chapter 2, page 706. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And we'd like to begin reading verse 10, read through verse 13. Song of Solomon 2 and, and uh, uh, verse 10. The wonderful love story here and the picture of Christ in the church. And this way it says, My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in their land. The fig tree putteth forth their green figs, and the vines with a tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. He said, the winter's over. Now you say, what's God trying to tell you and I? You know, we're in the wintertime now, aren't we? In many ways, in this world in which we live, uh, seem like week after week, there's things happen that, uh, that make it tougher on God's people. Whether you realize it or not, we're in the minority. But don't expect any special rights, any special treatment or any special laws to protect us because I haven't seen any lately. In fact, I think you're going to see more laws that's going to be against us. But isn't it wonderful? The Lord says, Arise, my love, and come away. The winter is over. The springtime is here. Fella, some years ago said the Lord is coming. Was it in October? He gave the exact day. Lord is coming. Well, that day came and passed. The Lord didn't come. And he said he is off a year. The next year he said, I missed it by a year. I misfigured and, and going to come the next year. Well, the next year came. and He had his date ready and the Lord didn't come. But you know, one of these days he's coming. I think Brother Thomason brought this out. If I was going to try to set a time, I'd probably set the spring, not the fall. Now, he very well could come in the fall, in the summer, the winter, or whatever. But this scripture here says, the springtime is here, and come away. And one of these days, whatever the season of the year, one of these days, 
the Lord's going to call. and He's going to take us out of this wintertime. And we're going to a place where we'll be with him forever. That's our hope. Let's bow our heads.